Hello there, my friends. Welcome to Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. Today, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about perspective and specifically helping you to find some perspective on this current COVID-19 pandemic that we are all living through, the entire world is experiencing, and really unprecedented concern and just a time where we've never seen this before, certainly not in our lifetimes, where the entire country seems to be almost all shut down. We've never been confined to our homes before, at least not in my 57, almost 58 years have I had to be confined to my home by order of the government. Very unusual, especially in a democratic society, yet here we are. And because it's so different from anything we've ever lived through, it leaves us feeling really uncertain. You know, not knowing what's going to happen in the future, how we are going to come out the other end of this thing. What is it going to look like? And I was chatting with one of my nieces about this a couple of days ago, and we were just, you know, talking about how interesting it is going to be to see how the world is different. The world it will be different. There's no question about it. Just like the world was very different after 9-11. However, somehow we muddled through that and we are living in that post 9-11 era and have been for many years. And so we will do the same with this. Now, some of the things that are going to come of this, in my opinion, are good, but then I'm sort of a self-proclaimed germaphobe. So I'm kind of glad that people are remembering what mommy taught them when they were in kindergarten. Wash your hands. I'm talking about proper hand washing. And I have for many years had disinfectant in my car and I get in my car from being in any kind of a store. I always put it on my hands. I wipe down my phone because I usually use that for my grocery list. And I've always washed my hands when I come in the house and lots of different things that my husband really thought I was a little over the top with. Yeah, now he's practically bowing down to me. Well, he's not really bowing down to me. I'm still working on that. <laughs> but at least he's appreciating what I was doing before because, listen, even before the coronavirus, there were already 300 strains of the flu and the common cold, which is nasty, man. I've had the common cold so many times where I'm down and out for weeks and bronchitis and sinus infections. There's plenty of stuff out there. So we all should be more mindful of hygiene. So I think that's one of the really great things that is going to come out of this. We are already seeing a lot of ingenuity. We're seeing people, unbelievable people that are on a dime switching everything up. I mean, how about a school system that for all intents and purposes has been kind of muddling along for a long time? And that is definitely not saying anything negative about teachers. I have the utmost respect for them. But the school system itself is a bit of a bureaucracy and doesn't move that quickly. Or I would think that a lot of teachers don't think it's as dynamic as it could be. Yet we are watching literally the, the entire school system and, and teachers in, in, you know, specifically that are creating lesson plans on a dime that can be worked you know, via an email being sent or logging on. I mean, that's pretty incredible. And, and this, remember this whole virus, I remember being at the grocery store three weeks ago and we didn't even talk about it. I mean, I'd heard about something about it, but it was nothing. And here we are in the middle of it. It feels like it's been going on forever. But so my point is, it happened so quickly that the responsiveness has been really incredible as far as education and, and doing their very best. And 
and a lot of other things too. We're seeing factories that are now reverting, you know, from going from making cars to making masks and just a lot of really amazing um, things that are happening with regard to technology and, and ingenuity. And then we're seeing so much heroism and selflessness and compassion and love and generosity. Yes, we are seeing people being very selfish and thinking only of themselves and hoarding and, you know, anger. And we're seeing some of that too. But I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd much rather focus on the good that's coming out of this because the good does come. It's always there. My firm belief is that God is always in everything. I don't believe that he causes everything, but he doesn't waste a darn thing. And that's so super cool because we are definitely going to see lives touched and changed in positive ways. Unfortunately, we are going to see, we are seeing deaths coming from this. Um, I know that, you know, we already have deaths. This is not to diminish it. Do not get me wrong here. But there are already people dying of all sorts of things. I mean, you know, we have car accidents and cancer and heart disease and diabetes and addiction, overdoses and other types of flus and viruses. I mean, there are just, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of ways that people can die. So I'm not trying to diminish it and act like, oh, you know, it's okay that people are dying. I'm not saying that. And we should be mindful of that. And we never want people to die of anything that we can prevent. I mean, we're always working on that as a society. But, you know, I'm, I'm just making reference to and acknowledging that there will be fallout from this. Obviously, there will be human life, which is never, ever, you know, something anybody wants to have be fallout from anything. But there will be loss of human life, just like there is from, like I said, so many other things. And we're going to have who knows what the economic impact is going to be personally and then, you know, on the country as a whole. And I'm talking about the United States. For those of you who are outside of the United States listening, I know that your countries are in similar situations. But Anyway, I, I just um, I think that I want what I really wanted to, to give to you today was some perspective on, you know, when you think that life is so uncertain, two things. One, that life is always so uncertain and feeling as if, you know, how are we going to get through this? So first of all, let's talk about the uncertainty. Life has always been uncertain. And it's really funny because I think a lot of people haven't really thought about that because this is an unprecedented uncertainty, it seems. But if you really think about it, your life has always been uncertain. You never knew what the heck was around the next corner. You never knew what you could you know, expect, really. I mean, we used to think we could control our lives. At least I did. I used to think that if I worked really hard, and, and honestly, I'm going to tell you that I am the hardest working person I know. Um, I used to think that if, if I worked hard, if I was a person of integrity, if I did the right thing, if I always tried to be honest and, you know, forthright and, you know, I'm obviously not a hundred percent any of those things, but I thought, you know, that, that life would go in that direction. And, and unfortunately for me, a lot of my life went in the, you know, took a 180 and went in a completely different direction for, in a lot of ways, not just with my daughter's addiction. But speaking of that, I really thought when I had kids that, if I kept them out of chaos and danger and, and drama and fear, a lot of the things that I grew up in, 
and I taught them about God and integrity and hard work and doing the right thing. And, you know, they would have all, all that they would need in order to go down a certain path in life. And I didn't exactly know what that path would be, but definitely with Jamie, I thought for sure that she would be, whoa, she would so far surpass me or anybody that I knew in what she would accomplish in life because she was so gifted. And then of course, you know, she got to be raised in a great family and not a perfect family. You know, I was, I was a single mom when she was three years old, but, and Sean was one, but still I did my best to provide a safe home and a stable home. And they had a lot of opportunity and a really great family around them and, and a good education and went on vacations and, and a lot of really positive things in their lives. And so I'm, you know, I know that Sean has struggled a lot in life through just because life's not easy for anybody. Okay. We all struggle, but then obviously because his sister became an addict and, and spent half of her 30 years in addiction and then she was murdered and then it went unsolved. And, you know, a lot of things that have really been hard for him, even though he's 32 now, but those are a lot of really difficult years for him. But I am really seeing that those things that I did instill in him and the things that other people instilled in him, it wasn't all just me, that, you know, those important forces and um, that leadership he had in his life, I can see the fruit of that. And, you know, they always have their own choices to make. But I do think it's important and I see that fruit. And I think that, you know, Jamie had that too. But my point is that I sort of really thought it was more about me than it was. I thought that if they learned all of these things and were given all of these certain opportunities and I managed it in a certain way, that things would go in a, in a you know, certain direction. And as you know, Jamie's life went in a completely different direction. I mean, one I could never have imagined. Okay, maybe she was you know, to going to toy a little bit with alcohol. Maybe she was going to you know, try to get away with something here and there. Who didn't? I mean, I did that. I did all sorts of stuff I shouldn't have done. Um, but boy, her life just you know, went into a tailspin. And so, you know, that just really proved to me how uncertain life was and that reality and, and life getting so hard for me for so many years, no matter how hard I tried to make it different, that made me, or I should say, I chose to start believing that life was hopeless and that it didn't matter what I had done and I was being punished and, you know, I was living a life sentence and all sorts of these negative thoughts that I had and beliefs that I started to really, that became instilled inside of me and started to become a part of me. I chose that. And until I really started to step back and gain a lot more perspective and understand that life has always been uncertain. And rather than that, allowing me to feel afraid or to just stop trying, it's quite the opposite. I feel like now I just, I work on knowing that I can get through anything that whatever life throws at me, whatever curveballs, whatever two by fours whack me upside the head, whatever occurs, that I'm going to be okay. And that's what I want for you too. I want you to really focus on building that courage and stamina and resilience and that ability to pivot and move and change so that you don't get so stuck on this path or a path for your child or somebody that you love that if it doesn't happen, you know, you're destroyed. So that's really the first thing. The second thing that I wanted to talk about, and I touched on it before, was thinking that, you know, you just can't make it through, not imagining you could get through something. When my kids were little, I used to say this. I mean, if I heard a news story or heard about something that happened to a child, it, it 
physically made me sick. I mean, I can almost still, oh, the feeling is just sickening that I would feel. And I would say, you could just put me in a corner. I, you know, I'd be a huddled mass. Forget it. My life is over if anything ever happened to one of my kids. Because I didn't know that I could get through something like that. I didn't understand and realize that I did have the strength or that God would go before me and he would put place people in my life or he would allow me to go through certain experiences you know, in advance of this to build that strength and courage that I would need. And so... I just, um, I want you to think about a time in your life when perhaps you thought something was really terrible. And you know what? It could be something as simple as your first love. You know, say you were in elementary school or junior high or something and somebody, you know, didn't like you back and you thought that was devastating or somebody was mean to you. And you really thought that was the worst time in your life. And I'm not saying that those weren't some hard times, but you got through them. Is there a time that you can look back on that you think, oh my gosh, I thought that was just the worst thing. And now you almost, you know, giggle at that. <laughs> I remember that reminds me of the time that Jamie was arrested for shoplifting. And I thought, I thought that, I mean, really that devastated me. For those of you that know me, I'm, you know, kind of like the honesty police. And my kids were raised knowing that the truth mattered. And, you know, Jamie didn't even need any of these things that she stole. And she was with a friend and I'm not blaming the friend at all. She was 15 years old. She was certainly old enough to know better. Uh, but this friend, apparently, as it turned out, she didn't need anything either. You know, she lived in a nice neighborhood. She lived not far from us and had whatever she needed. But I guess, I don't know if it was about danger or what, but apparently it turns out that she was pretty skilled at this and she'd been, you know, doing this shoplifting. And Jamie jumped on board and, you know, was a little more apprehensive and didn't get in, in as, into as big of trouble as her friend did. But the fact that she would even do that, it devastated me. I have to tell you. I was really crushed over that. And then, of course, uh, fast forward a couple years when Jamie had an ankle bracelet on, and I was thinking, dang, I wish she was shoplifting, you know? I mean, you get my point that, you know, always it's it's difficult when we're facing it, when we're first looking at it, and and because it's it's unknown, right? We don't know how to navigate. We don't understand how to navigate something, and so it scares the hell out of us. And... So think of a time when, when that was the case for you, and then somehow you muddled your way through, and indeed you did navigate it, and then you look back and think, well, I could handle that again. And that's kind of how we have to look at this coronavirus thing. This is new. We, we don't know how to do this whole you know country shutdown thing, and I can't get toilet paper, and there's no milk at the store, and you know I can't go visit people, and it's just a really unprecedented time. And you know, we, we don't know how we're going to make it through. So we sometimes start to believe that we aren't going to don't confuse the fact that you don't know how with the fact that you can, and you will most of us, I mean, 99.999, I don't know what percent this is. will make it through this. So keep it in perspective, get some perspective on that. Think about a time where you thought you couldn't go through something or the first time you faced something scary and how it felt and how you didn't know what you were going to do and how you were going to solve this problem or manage your way through this and somehow you did. Your life has always been uncertain. You have always been faced with situations that you did not know how in the world you were going to get out of. And you are always faced with fear and uncertainty and even wobbly faith. None of this is new. It's just different. Life has always been uncertain, but somehow we make it through. 
and remember that you've made it through tough stuff and you will make it through this too. So the best thing you can do right now is start working on making it through with courage. And what I mean by that is it takes courage to have a good attitude. It takes courage not to jump on, on the fear monger train. It takes courage not to be chicken little. It takes courage to look for the good. It takes courage to support and pray for your government even if you don't believe in them or care for them. It takes courage to look for the good and look for solutions. It takes courage to keep a hopeful attitude. It takes courage to live in peace, to really, really try to have peace when you don't feel peaceful. It takes courage to stay in faith when you're wondering what in the world God is doing and why he's not stopping some of these things in our lives. All of that takes courage. But I know that you have far more courage than you ever thought possible, my friend, because I know that I do. I would have never imagined. Remember, I didn't think I could ever make it through something happening to one of my kids. And lo and behold, I spent 15 years in a nightmare with my daughter and then she was murdered and then it became unsolved and now we have a murder trial who knows how many years ahead and who knows if he gets convicted and who knows if there's an appeal process and who knows if he gets out early and you know who knows if he gets out on parole who knows if he never even gets convicted you see what I mean my life is uncertain but I choose courage over fear I choose hope I choose faith, and I hope you will do the same. Be courageous enough, my friends. The world has never needed warriors more than it needs them today, and I really hope and pray that you will stand up and link arms with me and be one of those warriors outshining their light so when somebody else comes through this coronavirus, COVID, however long all this stuff happens, they look back and they say, thank you, God, that it was her she, and I'm talking to you, my friend, I watched her and she really helped me. She encouraged me. She gave me the courage to, to be fearless and to stand up and have hope. Imagine knowing that someday you were that person. You made all the difference for just one other person. Live your life fearlessly. Your story matters. That's my tagline. I'm always saying your story matters. Live it courageously because I firmly believe that. Your story. I'm talking to you right now. Just you and me, okay? It's just you and me talking. I firmly believe that you matter and you are needed. So stand up and become a warrior and know that you're not alone because I'm standing right there with you.